Hey there, Mando fans. It's me, Josh, head of the Twist of My Arm Network. And me, Jesse, frozen in carbonite and dragged along for the ride. And thanks for checking out Questing. You're going to hear us ask you to call in and contribute to the show, but unfortunately, it's already over. So don't do it. We recorded this show live, but now it's just a regular old podcast. That's right. The Mando is in the can. But if you want to be part of our next show, you can start doing that right now. Starting in January, we're going to be watching Firefly every Friday night, and you can join us live. Follow Twist My Arm on Facebook to be notified when we go live. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST about your favorite Firefly episode, and we'll play it when we get there. The Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch launches on Friday, January 15th, and you can find it wherever you're already listening to Questly. Speaking of, here's Questly. so much. Welcome to the Movement Podcast, where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV. This week, we're talking about the season finale of The Mandalorian. I'm freaking shaking right now, like just just thinking about this. Um, this episode... <sighs> was everything that we wanted as a Star Wars fan that the sequels never gave to us. And I I am so happy right now. Um, before we get too far into it, before I start like losing my shit, uh, I want to bring in my co-host's for the evening, I do have a love letter to Dave Filoni and John Favreau that I will be giving a little bit later about this. But for now, let's let's bring in the cast of characters. I have Jesse. How's it going, Josh? I. It's now. I heard. I know that was a stupid question. <laughs> and I also have Ricky here with us today. Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm good. Um, so I'm just so right. freaking speechless. <clears throat> Here's right the thing. Now. Let me. Here's so the thing, Josh. <laughs> since you're speechless, I'm just gonna give a very, very short recap on this week's episode of The Mandalorian, season two, episode eight, The Rescue, and then you can dive right into the just emotional trash compactor that is your heart. So. This week on The Mandalorian, Mando musters every person that he can find with a visor to basically get a crew and go after Moff Gideon, find the light cruiser, use a ruse to get aboard, battle the dark troopers and Moff Gideon himself, all in an effort to rescue Grogu. And I think that's all I'm going to give you. I think I think those four seconds are enough for Josh to prepare, so let's just... I Let's think that's Josh all we moment. really need. <laughs> um, okay, look, this episode, 
Season 2, Episode 8. It's called The Rescue. Fairly self-explanatory. They're going to rescue Grogu, just like Jesse said. Directed by Peyton Reed. Um, second episode he's done this year, I believe. Uh, he also did Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and then he got written by John Favreau. I will take take it from Steel Saunders himself. Those of you that uh, listen to Star Wars podcasts will know Steel Saunders. Um, he's more excited than I am right now, um, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, he said that if there is a, there, he said there is a god, and his name is John Favreau, and I have <laughs> to agree with him on that. Um, the music, the music. Uh, I can't say enough about the music in this episode, done by Ludwig Gornson, as per usual. Uh, and guest stars, there are so many. Um, pretty much anyone that's ever been in The Mandalorian was in this episode, except for Ahsoka, which was kind of weird. Um, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> are we going to skip man. over anybody else that was guest starring in the show? <laughs> oh, we're gonna get yeah. there. Don't you okay. don't you worry about that. Josh I, is like just wanna... trying not to cry on camera and Mike. He's just he's <laughs> having like the the equivalent of an emotional orgasm for like the last I, nine hours. I am. And man, I watched this episode this morning. I woke up at eight o'clock this morning and immediately watched it. And then I watched it again. And then I watched it again. And then I watched it again for a fourth time. Um because that's I I I couldn't get enough. I, I, I just couldn't I couldn't get enough of it. And all day at work today because I worked all day all I have done is, is thought about this and thought about everything that I was going to say in this episode so much and and I get here and I'm just mm-hmm. you can't speechless I just I, I don't even do you well if you'd like I can take over <laughs> because uh, <laughs> even when I'm super excited and emotionally orgasmic I'm not speechless one thing right. I never am is speechless. So if you'd like, I can take over here. I, well, I, I just, I before, uh, so spoilers, obviously, anyone watching right now or listening right now, tons and tons of spoilers of Mandalorian, the whole yeah. season, everything. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, turn it off right now. Right, right. And and go enjoy this masterpiece of, uh, of Star Wars content. And then come um, back because we'll still be here. It'll be four in the morning and Josh will still be crying. Just while well, all by myself, everyone else will be gone, <laughs> and I'll just be here. Um, I let's start out with the first part of this episode because I really liked the beginning of this episode. I really right. liked again seeing that slave one in action, man. Like I can't, I can't get enough of that. You know, like them was following beautiful. the imperial shuttle and and you know Boba Fett with that sound you know the the noise that yeah. the guns make on the slave and the little rotating turret on the tail was really cool <clears throat> i like that there was no you know okay where are we what's going on it was just like they're chasing the imperials and it's this guy and you know who he is so we're good right and, right. and um, it's not dr pershing who makes his triumphant right. return to the series uh, yeah so he's he's dot nazi <laughs> <laughs> yeah so right. they like but they also addressed something that I had a problem with, which is they showed that locking on actually works. So, you know, they're chasing this Imperial shuttle, and somebody radios to Boba Fett. They go, Mr. Wolf, target his warp coils. And he's just like, disabled. He hits him with an ion cannon, right? They can't go anywhere. So they're just sitting there in space. And then he just very imposingly, I'm going to attempt to reenact this for anybody that's watching. If you're listening, you're going to miss this. But if you're watching, <laughs> this is going to be really cool. This is how Boba Fett flies up to your ship when he disables you. <laughs> oh 
It's like just in your face. Yeah, it's very imposing. <laughs> Maximum bass note. Like it's 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 the Biggest most imposing flex. thing. Yeah. Biggest Boba Fett flex. Like he's like, hey, I disabled you. Here I am. Yeah, we'll call it the Boba flex of the episode. <laughs> yeah. It no, was, you're right. It though, was like very well seeing shot. Seeing that ship go go over was like, oh my god, that's kind of fucking scary. Could you imagine being like a bounty of his? Oh right. <laughs> Yeah, like back suck. when he was, back when he had a job, and then yeah. Cara Dune. When they get in here, they they do you know like they take care of the two guys or whatever that are guarding the doctor, and what I wrote down for Cara Dune was Cara Dune kind of cool, kind of lame, can't decide. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I, I have uh, more to say about that as we go, but yeah. <laughs> I thought the uh, let's see what where am I at here with my yeah We're like just eight that, seconds that whole into speech. the episode. <laughs> yeah, that whole speech, I know, but like with the with the guy in Pershing, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm glad that Alderaan," and she she just shoots him in the face. Like you don't see his face again; it's yeah. gone. <laughs> and I just, it's one of those like like I said, obviously in the last episode they were setting us up with like, oh, it depends on which viewpoint you adhere to, who is right. evil and who is good, right? And then this Imperial guy is like. I'm so glad all those terrorists are dead. And it's like, but he played it so snivelly that you were like, just shoot him in the face. I don't even care about opposing <laughs> yeah. viewpoints. Shoot that guy in the face. And then they did. Yep. So that was nice. I appreciated that. Yep. And I did like how uh, Pershing just kind of spilled the beans on everything. He's like, you know, I really don't like the Empire. I, I just, you know, they got they got this going on and this going on and this going on. And they're really right over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I still don't like that character. Like, it still felt weird to me because he was fully willing to do the evil stuff, but he was also reluctant and regretful and like, oh, maybe they're evil, but I'm still going to help them do stuff. It was just like, it was a not a great character, um, right? but I don't know. And he just kind of disappeared at the end. You never saw him again. Well, and you know. It's like they left him on the ship. It's Star Wars. Who cares? Like, yeah. the the characters don't all have to be good. And you know, somebody will write seventeen novels about Doctor Pershing and his wife that he meets, and then they have a force sensitive child, and he feels regret for years, and then yeah, blah blah so, blah. No, you're right. Etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, one character that was awesome though, Bo Katan again. Oh um, uh, yeah. And I loved the standoff at the beginning where like. They land the yeah. slave one right next to the, uh, what is that called? I think it's the gauntlet. Um, they call it the gauntlet. Something. That's a very cartoon name. I'm just going to say that. Like that's I'm, a very I'm pretty sure it's the Imperial Gauntlet Starfighter, something like that. Yeah. But um, you see, you see oh, their ship right. and you're like, oh, here they go. Yeah, and the one uh, that, she and took. that whole standoff. That, that sequence, though, right when they walk in and it's like, uh oh, there's a Mando here, and everybody's like, oh, "I'm kind of uneasy." And then Boba Fett walks in, and everybody's like, "Now I'm beyond uneasy. I'm leaving. I'm, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. be in this bar anymore. I don't appreciate <laughs> yeah. there being two of those guys suddenly." I thought and one of them is green, and I recognize him a little yeah. bit. The effect that they had on the crowd, I thought, was appropriate and cool. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I I did that write whole down little fight scene was was really cool between uh, Bo Katan's henchwoman and Boba Fett. Right. Well, and she, the thing is, like, they really went to pains to show me that Bo-Katan is, like, you know, 
you don't have to leave your helmet on and not everybody believes what you believe but then she turns out to be like equally insane fanatical about her cult which is like absolutely we just have way different rules and they don't involve our face but i'm just as insane about the rules so it's like right okay whatever um but i did notice that she was already setting up the mandalorian 3 for ps5 she's like you know (laughs) should you should you complete your quest then you should join me and we can you know it's like oh that's clearly the next game or the dlc that they're gonna sell right before christmas so um (laughs) and she actually said those words too she's like should you finish our quest (laughs) and then like when they're planning the thing she's like we'll just split our party in two i was like they're not even pretending it's not a video game anymore they're saying quest and party like it's just they're like go for it screw who cares it's a video game (laughs) yep which is but, okay yeah, with not, me for the most right, part. Not, again, not mad about it. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the that whole thing, like, you're not a real Mandalorian. Um, that was like, ah, oh man. just cause, So fans have always been split between if Boba Fett is a real Mandalorian or not. And oh, okay. they kind of uh, squashed that a few episodes ago when they explained that Django was a foundling and that he was a Mandalorian like Din Djarin and right. that sort of thing. But but then it was like Bo-Katan emphasized that fan like whatever and she was like, you're not a real Mandalorian and he's like, bullshit. <laughs> and then they get in that self- big fight and like She's a self-hating Mandalorian. And this episode had a little bit too much Mando on Mando violence for me. Like, you guys have a yes. common enemy. There's no need to fight each other. But I assume it was to set up some ban- some Boba Fett uh, series, right? Like, well, we're going to have him. Like, I, we want you to know he is not friends with Bo-Katan. You just, we need you to know that. Okay. Right. All right, cool. We got it. He's not friends with her. So I'm sure and that I will come the, up again. the clone callback where she's like, I've heard right. your voice so many times. And he's like, well, this might be the last time. Yeah, like if you keep fucking with me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, end you. Um, so, and I also really liked that he called her princess. Basically, the whole episode, <laughs> because yeah. well, because she, well, right, because she thinks princess. she has, a, yeah, she has a claim to the throne, right? So she, yep. she potentially yep. is a princess. But it really gave him a Han Solo feel. Like it was the guy who is there and doesn't really care about any of the stakes. He's just like, right. oh, I'm here to finish my quest, and then you know. <laughs> So he's like, he's like, yeah, whatever, princess. <laughs> and like, yep. you know, he probably would have made a snarky comment about the force had it not like just totally saved everyone. Well, and he wasn't there for that either, but still. Um, he did see the big blue light, though, and he was like, OK, I kind of get this now. Um, <laughs> I did like how she said as well. And this this calls back to like Clone Wars and Rebels and the Mandalorian or the Siege of Mandalore and all that stuff. But how she was like, if we would have shown half that spy into the Empire, we would have never lost our planet. And it's like, right. oh, man, fuck yeah, because that was a that was like that fight but was she, there was emotion behind that. You know, they they wanted to beat up Boba she, Fett. <laughs> but that's my thing, though, is that like she was also like stoking the fires of that fight and being yeah, petulant sure. and whiny. And then when they fought, she was like, hey, come on, you guys, we need to be able to. like <laughs> you started the fucking fight. They came in and asked for help. Had you just been like, <laughs> OK, then there would have been no need for the fight. Like, right. At, but you know, I guess that's in their nature. <laughs> yeah, they're like Gideon said, they're savages. Whatever right. he said about them, but um, murderous, yeah, murderous and, savages. You know, murderous savages. That's what it was. So, 
I did like that whole se- the whole. I liked how they didn't take too long to gather the troops, essentially. Like right. They didn't, they they did didn't that take really forever quick. to assemble the man- Magnificent Seven. You know, it was right. very quick. So I'm I'm gonna say like probably my biggest criticism of this whole episode, and it's probably what's gonna keep me from giving it a perfect rating. Uh, no Cobb Vanth, really. Like <laughs> one episode of Cobb Vanth, and that that's it. You're just gonna waste Timothy Oliphant. Anyways, um, I did like during their heist scene or their heist planning scene. Um, I wrote down that there's a couple of possibilities for Cara Dune and where she's from. Right. So either she is not from Alderaan and she's from Space California because she was like those dark troopers. This is gonna be like a problem. Like she didn't even try to. She Hang didn't on. even try to act that line. She just like she actually said they're going to be a real skank in the scud pie is what she whatever said. my point is when she <laughs> said dark troopers she went those dark troopers and i was like <laughs> okay so either she's not from alderaan yeah, and she's from space california or alderaan well, is space california and everyone yeah, yeah. from there sounds like that except the princess <laughs> i think that's about where it is i think alderaan is uh is valley valley girl country you know okay all right because i mean even leia did it aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper stormtrooper (laughs) (laughs) what's the farce (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean um yeah i i did like the the whole explanation of dark troopers too that um they're a third generation dark trooper. All we had to do was get rid of the human element and they're perfect. Right. So they're full that was on really droids. Cool. <coughs> yeah. Which well, and they is had a, they showed callback to Dark Forces again that's just cuz right. Dark Forces was all about the third generation of dark troopers that was supposed to be unstoppable and all that shit. And I really liked that Gideon wasn't buying their ruse at all. He was like, uh, no, use the claw machine to send out some TIE fighters. And so you see that cool, like, activation sequence that they go through to get to the launch tube. And then um, I wrote down, activate the dub troopers, bass drop, glitch pop. Because as soon as those guys' eyes turned on, it was like, wob, chicka, 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 wob, 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 evil, evil, wob, wob. And I was like, this is the most evil dubstep I've ever heard in my life. I think that was. I think that's more Ludwig's uh, style. He does a little bit more of that yeah. kind of music, and so I feel like he really got to uh, be himself with that scene. You know, he really got mm. to do his own style of music instead of yeah. trying to follow along with the Star Wars style. Well, and it it actually made sense here, right? Like it was sort of Absolutely. futuristic and robotic and glitchy, like those troopers that we were seeing. Like it was it was a fun like break thematically in the music that actually still seemed to fit really well with everything else. I really liked the dub troopers. <laughs> I did uh I did say that the dark troopers powering up is literal nightmare fuel because <laughs> it's pretty creepy watching them like all the meters coming up and the Right. What were you mm. gonna say, Ricky? Uh so how often in Star Wars do they say it's going to take a few minutes for those droids to be, uh, get going. <laughs> it feels like all Empire technology is like built with a very long, like four or five minute 
warm-up cycle. So they're like, hey, fire that gun. And they're like, well, <laughs> here's the thing. You don't just <laughs> fire a gun. You gotta warm it you up. Like it's it. the it's right. It's the spaceballs joke, right? Like prepare for loot. Why are you guys always preparing? Just do it. Just go. <laughs> like it's, it's it, like why don't wh- prepare? Like the and that's like the most BS explanation for why those right. robots are not left on. They draw too much power from what? They're not plugged in. Like what are you talking about? Like When's the last time three PO plugged in. Seriously, we'd never see him standing in a freaking wall. Like, but don't they don't they talk about that? Like recharging and how he's powering down to save energy and like. Do they? So yeah, absolutely. Because in, when? in a New Hope, C three PO, um, he's like, "Do you mind if I power down, sir?" And he like. Oh, I took down. that as I, I took that as more of like a I don't want to listen to any more of this weird stuff. Oh. And like I've had a long day. I should be dead. I'm full of sand. It gets everywhere. Like, but, because to me, C-3PO is a whiner. So that's why I assume <laughs> that. But Well, I think, like, if you look back to, like, let's look back to episode one, um, when they're on, they're fighting the Gungans, and they're, like, releasing the droids, right? They could mm-hmm. be, I, I would feel like they're powering up the droids. Most likely, if if they have to power up droids, the best way to explain that would be that they're powering up from the space shuttle down to the planet and then by the time they're like released onto the field they're all powered up and they're ready to go which would take a significant amount of time (coughs) that sounds like a contrivance i'm going to be honest like if you have a droid that is supposed (laughs) to be around all the time and like you know matching protocol and doing that stuff wouldn't you devise some power source for him where it's like oh actually walking around is what generates the power that keeps him going or like oh talking is actually what generates the power and that's why he will never shut up like oh as long as he's in direct sunlight he'll always have function you know what i mean like there should be it takes one or two lines to just be like and 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 i would argue i'm sure if they had just said like you know the robots aren't on but they will be then i would have been like why didn't they put in a line but at least they put in a line that was like well because uh they are our batteries still suck even though we're in space (laughs) i'm like okay yeah i mean it's got to be like warming up a car on a cold day you know you got to kind of like turn it on for a second so it can power up that's what the that's it didn't take that's what the glitch that's what the glitches are in the dubstep. Is those guys like sputtering, like, <laughs> 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 yeah, like yeah, 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 okay. for sure. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that all day long. Okay, so so during this like you know bust in and heist sequence, and they're just oh, wasting troopers oh, left on. and right, and we all this even, stuff is happening. We, we didn't even talk about the whole space battle though. The the whole eh. scene of them releasing the Tie Fighters is awesome. Yeah, you never see yeah. that. In, I did mention Star that. Wars. I said the claw machine. Well, yes, I just wanted to kind of like dive a little bit more. Into Tie that fighters scenario of that. used to be bottom of the barrel, and in Mandalorian, the Tie fighters are looking pretty kick ass. Yeah, right. It's because he's not a Jedi, right? Like he's just some dude. Like right. I mean, he's right. one of several cool dudes, but he's not a Jedi. Yeah. And and you were right, like talking about how Moff Gideon was just like, I don't believe any of this right now. I'm going to go <laughs> directly to the child, release a couple Tie Fighters, turn on the Dark Troopers. Let's see what happens. And then that whole sequence of them folding up the wings and flying into the claw machine, 
was mm-hmm. super awesome. Them having to like stop, stop, like stop the Tie Fighter from coming out and shit, right. and then like, and then just just to give Boba Fett one more fuck you and I'm awesome scene. <laughs> he like has to destroy those two five two Tie Fighters that got released. Like he's like, hey, you know what? I didn't get to blow anything up this time, so pow and just wipes him out. You know, like so good too. He he jumps right after. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. he's like, it's like that um, that Eminem song where he's like, you hear the two gunshots and then you hear thank you and then <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> it's the much, same yeah. thing. Like Boba Fett's just like psh, psh, thank you, <laughs> like jumps yeah. out like. It was it was very well done. I appreciated is, that. Yeah, and and again, the cannons was what got me the most because you never saw that before. You never really saw them rotating and going around and seeing it rotate backwards, blowing mm. up those two tie fighters. You're like, oh, oh yeah, he's he's still a badass. Well, and he very smartly like he like twists the ship around the axis of the gun so that whoever's looking at him is aiming at the ship while the gun yep. is getting into the position that it needs to be in. It was really cool space battle. I fully agree. It was yeah. pretty quick, um, but I did like that he, he was like, I guess Boba Fett has a lower standard for quest completion than Din because he <laughs> was like, okay, those guys are dead. Uh, I'm going to call that quest complete. <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah. And like, then for the whole rest yeah for the whole rest of the episode he's like looking at available quests like scrolling through (laughs) upgrading his armor oh repainting that one that (laughs) one looks fun i could store a lot of stuff if i had a place like that i think i'm gonna go there and we'll get to that later but yeah so yes they 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 jump out of this yeah. yeah they jump out of this shuttle they start wasting troopers and the music again okay here's my attempt i think his name is ludwig gerenson but yeah, I'm not sure. I you're correct. I'm just Anyways, it very white his, very <laughs> his version of the Mandalorian theme here played on strings. I think it was like all violin, mm. but it was played when, on when strings the, the entire, yeah, the entire breakthrough, like when they're all just running through wasting dudes. It was like a heist movie. Like I said, like the tension was maxed out and it was mostly for me, it was due to the theme being played on strings. Like it just started pulling emotions out of me and i was like what what is happening this is, is this is star wars like why 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 do i care what's going on here like I, none of these characters are in danger i know they're all gonna live like what is and going that right on there that right there is why this episode is better than any sequel trilogy movie that has ever come out <laughs> because i mean seriously the, the music alone in this episode pulls you pulls you into this so hard like from beginning to end, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. And hearing that is, is really refreshing to me because yeah. like, as a Star Wars fan, the music is, is everything to me with, with this shit. And, and, and he's hit it out of the park repeatedly. Like every absolutely. episode, we have made some comment about like, oh, the theme was reworked or like the way that he incorporated it here or just, you know, these subtle little changes like all the way yeah, through. That, I mean, he's going to be... You're about Ricky, do you, are you into the music with the Star Wars? Like, do you catch feelings when you hear uh, the music and stuff? I definitely <laughs> noticed this episode when Mando was sneaking around corners that they were playing the theme song from the beginning. You guys have been a little bit more keyed into it than I have, but I it was very loud and clear in this episode, I thought. Yeah. 
I, um, I was off work today, so I put on my nice headphones. I turned off all the lights. I sat in front of the TV alone. Like, I absorbed it. And so, like, what I do is, depending on which headphones I have plugged in, I will go change the audio levels, right? So I plugged these ones in, and it started up, last time of the Mandalorian. And I was like, oh, that's not loud enough. So I went in and, like, <laughs> jacked it, like, three or four more notches and then started playing the episode. So yeah, I, I, I Actually, was fully uh, into it. I skipped the whole recap of this episode. I skipped it. Like, it, it mm. popped up for the recap, and I was like, nope, skip. No foreplay, just running in dry, straight huh? Up. You're like, oh, I don't yeah. care. Just, just get a raw <laughs> dog this episode straight <laughs> up. Um, well, I, I really like that uh, Mando finally got a chance to go, like, um, he, he got to go full um, Beskar melee spec on this quest oh, yeah. because it was like oh, yeah. none of my ranged weapons are working so I'm just gonna go full hand to hand you know man that scene where he's fighting that dark trooper yeah like, I, lo- I loved how he's like oh oh shit 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 and like runs over there and tries to close the door and like a freaking velociraptor that thing just opens it up <laughs> no <laughs> no go I ahead felt, I felt like that was the first fight in the entire series that had any real stakes Usually Mando yes. is just wasting everything back and forth, but all of a sudden there's this dark trooper just pounding his skull in, and I don't know if his face mask is going to ca- cave in. I don't know if he's going to get punched through the back of that wall, but he's actually mm. losing a fight, and that was right. exciting. And I love I loved the Iron Man callback again there, Hulkbuster armor right there. Just Wrenched in the pop, face repeatedly. Pop, pop, well, and I, would... I love that. I would actually argue that he also had stakes in the fight on top of the uh, truck full of explosives because he was wearing Empire, Empire armor, and he was actually getting wrecked by some of those pirates for probably 40, 80, 45 seconds, you know? And then he finally got his, his whole life together and took everything back. But he he did have one other fight where he was in danger, I mm-hmm. would say. Um, but not like this. That was, and, that was, and Josh, the, that was the mud, that, mud beast, right? I would say that was the last one. Well, okay, that's true. No, I say Mud Beast, or I say the one on top where he's fighting the pirates with a stick because he's wearing the Imperial armor, oh, not okay. his not his armor. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, um, <sighs> but that was not a Velociraptor way of pushing through a door, Josh. That was 100%, <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. it was 100% Borg. And you know why? It was because okay, you're right. when they, yep. no, because when they're seeing him run over to close the door, the rest of those dark troopers are like, oh, what's that guy doing? Is he... Oh, he's close in the... Okay, like, that's probably fine. Like, they don't try to stop him. <laughs> yeah. One of them is like, oh, I should not allow this to happen. And that's just like the Borg. They'll ignore you until they perceive you as a threat. So they were like, right. oh, that guy's not a threat. He's one dude. So I don't really understand why one droid was, like, all on him, but one, the rest of them were like, yeah, that's probably enough, right? Like, that was a little weird. Do you think? Do you think him shooting in the door would have knocked those other ones back a little bit, giving just that one he did shoot. to open it? He, he was did, he bl- like shot. He oh, shot through oh, it, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like he shot to knock the ones back, and then the one that came through didn't get hit or something like that. I mean, that'd be maybe. That'd be. The, that'd be the I mean, easy the, way it to was it, it was it was repeatedly established that the blasters pretty much don't do anything to those guys. Oh my god! So. Nothing did anything <laughs> to them. Like, even I, I did like the flamethrower though, where he just sets that thing ablaze, and it, it and got very offended. It was like, <laughs> did you yeah. just? Did you just set my insides on fire right now? 
Like this is bullshit. That's not cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. a like even if I'm a robot, man. Like, what are you doing? And okay, yeah. so here's another thing. Um, okay, if you, okay, a lot of stuff happens, right? But eventually, Gideon gets his light, his dark saber out, and starts fighting Mando with it. Here's my question: Does Gideon not know that that can't cut through Beskar? Because he just he like he repeatedly is like. I'm just going to hit you in the shins or the forearms or the shoulders or the helmet or I mean it's like there's no I like we, he didn't even attempt to like stab him up under the chest plate. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he was just bad yeah. with it. Is that cuz he's not a Jedi? I was going to say is Moff Gideon dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean he, he got a concussion. He got a concussion when his TIE fighter crashed at the end of the first season, and they never addressed it. Antonio browning it up out there. (laughs) He's not even, he wasn't given this mission by anyone. He's just doing it. And he's like, he's like, he's like, why won't the Empire hire me? I'm out here, like, (laughs) doing catch touchdowns left and right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. I, he could be dumb. I mean, but. He had to have known because he knew all about the Darksaber's lore. And he said he knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. But he. So, so here's the other thing. When they. When Mando, like, ejected all those droids into space, I paused it and wrote down, okay, but those are droids, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ejecting them into space doesn't matter. Like, we've, we've specifically seen most droids in this series live in space like that's part of their job is to be in space <laughs> yeah and i mean it was a good little like oh that wasn't that was an easy dispatch of them <laughs> but it seemed it was definitely a little too easy you know where it's like wait i thought these guys were supposed to be more badass than that well and, and they just they should have brought i also wrote down that the mando and his friends should have brought an astromech droid because you got one astromech droid. All those doors are open. You can lock down whatever you want. You can't, you know, the dark troopers get shut down. They should have brought one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of droids, I did like the the silver uh, silver protocol droid that walks by mm-hmm. from episode one. That was a fun yeah. callback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, th- that whole fight scene with Gideon, um, and even even before that, seeing little little... Grogu and the handcuffs, all <laughs> sad. And he's like, just "Check like, it out, I got Grogu. How do you think he's feeling?" And Grogu's like, "Wah!" And he's just like, waving the dark saber right over his head. I know, like, <laughs> he's like, a, he's just a big bully, man. He's just a jerk. You ever seen one of these? They're dangerous as all hell. You have no idea. <laughs> he's like cutting his hair with that thing, like, yeah. So, oh. you know, inevitably, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, defeats Moff Gideon, and they take him to the bridge, which was Wait, awesome. Wait, before that, I do want to say that the, the bullshit fight scene, the Mad Max fight scene from Episode 7, I think that was there to make this fight scene ten times better. Because his fight that, with, with Moff Gideon was way better choreography. choreography mm, mostly I mean, disagree. Kid, him kicking the spear over his his shoulder no. and like doing the flips with it. And oh all yeah, that shit. he did. I, he did some cool stuff, but that fight was way less interesting because like there's no, 
there's no reason for me to think that Moff Gideon stands any chance in a one-on-one fight against the Mandalorian. Like, well, no, so obviously not. As soon as he right, so as soon as he starts fighting him and he's not fighting the droid, I was like, okay, so the personal stakes are over right now for Mando because he's gonna I'm beat Gideon. Saying, it I'm was it was wise, it was very like, cool that he went. Like I said, he went full Beskar melee class. He was like yes. spinning. He did the the flip and the kick. He was like, you know, yeah, it was it was very cool. But yeah. as far as like a a fight with stakes and emotion, I didn't have any stakes going on inside me in that fight. I was like, okay, at some point he'll beat him, and then I want to know the next part. Um, right. I did. I did. I was very curious if he was going to kill him or not because me watching a lot of Clone Wars and stuff, I knew right. that defeating someone with the dark saber makes you the owner of that dark saber and therefore the ruler of Mandalore. So like well just knowing that to begin with, like in, in Bo Katan's whole mission, like being like, I need Gideon, he's mine, do not let anybody else take him but me. Yeah, like but I the already knew right then and there that that was gonna cause some sort of issue. But the internal logic is messed up and I promise we'll get to it. So okay. They take him, they go to the bridge, which as a Trekkie, I was very excited to see. I love a good bridge. I like to see <laughs> where the people like in charge he, hang out. Was like, we'll meet on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. They took the turbo lift and everything. They literally took a turbo lift <laughs> yeah, to get to the bridge. Did. It was great. Yeah, they did. Um, <clears throat> I did really like that they reminded us why, you know, Imperial technology sucks because it's like every button is unlabeled and just one primary color. So like good effing luck at doing your job. Um, but they take him there you know they're sitting there they they win and then like I said the internal logic there is screwed up because he's like oh now you have to kill him to get the dark saber because if you don't defeat him then it doesn't count and he keeps trying to give it to her and she's like I can't take it unless I beat you and I'm like okay well then why does it count that he got it from Gideon because Gideon's not dead like sure he beat him but he's not dead so why don't Mando and Catan just have like a sham fight and she can win without killing him and take the thing like Mando did to Gideon like because in in like the Mandalore lore Mandalore lore you have to have an actual fight and disarm you don't have to kill someone but you have to disarm them um, it's like uh, and you know this is probably a terrible so, but, reference right, but, but, then, but like Harry then why Potter was he telling if you look at Harry Potter with the wands when uh, Snape is the one to disarm Dumbledore and therefore he is the owner of the Elder Wand, it's kind of that same concept where you don't have to necessarily right. kill them, you just have to disarm and beat them in combat. Right, but then why is she like so hesitant? She's like, no, I have to, like, I have to kill you. I gotta fight you and like, it's not, like, I, it, I have to because kill you. Because she's a crazy bitch. I think the answer right. is because <laughs> the Darksaber doesn't have power the story does right okay if that's the I, case and, that, and i could agree with that too where they have to have some sort of battle or whatever and even in the clone wars or it was rebels actually where sabine had to have a battle with gar saxon to take the dark saber from him they had to actually battle for it well i just still like it it seems like she was a little overzealous about it and they tried to pretend like there was some going to be a conflict there and i was like i don't i don't this doesn't make any sense um especially because if like i said it, it it's it's a very minor minor quibble it's not something i'm well, super worried about but i think it's something that's minor that's going to become major though because but because Obviously. bo-katan is so like uh, religious on her beliefs and stuff like 
that's going to cause an issue with her and the Mandalorian because he's just going to want to go back to work. Like, his quest is done. He wants to go find a new quest. And she's going to be like, no, dude, you own Mandalore now. Like, you have to come be the ruler. Like, I think that's going to be her biggest thing is you need to come help me do this because you're part Mandalorian and you now have the Darksaber. Like, you you can do this. I could see that. But anyways... They're on the that's, bridge. That's what season three is going to be about, is is them taking right. Mandalore back. Probably. So they're on the bridge. They're basically winning, except then all those droids that, again, are not dead because they're designed to thrive in droids. space. <laughs> yeah. uh, they fly back in, and they you know lock down the ship, and they're coming at them. They close the blast doors, which is one of Star Wars' favorite things to do. Close and then, the And then this is the moment where Josh just emotionally comes unraveled for the entire rest of the episode. See? Do you guys want to say anything before I get into this? Yeah. <clears throat> I've got one more thing. Uh, okay, Jesse, go. as a Trekkie, I know you must have hated that room with the bridge that had the weird false floor where they just, like, they threw a stormtrooper, they, yeah, they threw a stormtrooper down there, and he kept falling even though he passed the yeah. point of artificial gravity, and then all these yeah. uh, <laughs> the dark yeah. troopers came up through it. I'm like, what the fuck is up with that room? Why does that exist? Yeah. That's so stupid. <laughs> and she I, me- she mentioned something like the bubble shields or something. Oh, I can't remember what she said. There was some kind of word that she had that. for it, and I was like, this is... I mean, oh, and why did know, they not just even... say... Actually, you know what it is? It's because Star Wars can't use the word force field because then people would be like, oh, is that like like it's made of the force? And it's like, no, it, but, but like I could see why you'd think that, but it's actually just a, like they can't use the word force field, so they had to come up with some other term for it. And yeah, that was really stupid because also like when Bo-Katan and the other one jumped off to the sides and then it miraculously like jetpacked up again, right? Where did they go? Like, did they bounce off of those shields? Did they fall through the shields? Like, I think they were. I think they were hanging off the. They were hanging off the, the bridge. Yeah, I just. Well, and so Josh, I'm about to let you talk, but the thing that I wrote down, Josh, was, um, basically what happens is there's a pause, and then you see, outside the ship while they're on the bridge, you see an X-wing fly in. Before we even get in there, I want to talk about girl power because. Yeah, I got hashtag girl power. (laughs) (laughs) Um. This episode, like, my my notes are this is this is girl power. Fuck that Marvel garbage. Um, <laughs> the I think this was a much better girl power scene, as far as like showing how badass they can be than the Avengers Endgame scene with all the girl characters coming up and doing their little. Well, because we knew these characters better, we'd spent more time right. with each of these characters individually. Right. Um. And and Ming Na Wen really got to show off her skills in this, yeah. this episode. Um, even though she was really, she didn't have a lot going on. Um, she still got to kick some serious ass. Um, well, and like it's all of them. it's interesting that you guys both wrote that down because I think that means that they did it well, right? They, I mean, they did it well because I didn't write that down. Like I didn't even have that thought of like, oh, here's a girl power thing, or like, oh, all these characters are female. Like I. I kind of didn't 
even realize that until you just brought it up. They so have that boob means armor. That it was done well, right? <laughs> that means that it was done well, though, because there wasn't anything where I was like, "Oh, okay, it's all the female characters." It was just like these are all the right. most capable characters available, and that's why they're here. And that's so I was like, and I, I totally didn't agree, even think of that. Wasn't, it wasn't like pointed out per se. Like they weren't like, "Oh, check it out. Here's all the female mm. characters from this show." It was more like. Like you said, these are the most fit characters to do this mission, and mm-hmm. they're gonna be really badass doing it. So I, I, I just I really uh, appreciated that and liked that. Again, you know, it was they did it really well, um, very well executed. Yeah. So, but then yes, they're on they're the all on the bridge, and and as you so said, the yeah. X-wing comes. They up. they see this X-wing fly in, and I, in my notes I just wrote that oh shit be. in all capital letters like it's I, not I in my head i immediately i knew it was happening right so okay this is the first episode i'm almost done this is the first episode okay. of mando ever that has made me actually tear up so josh i know that you probably did a little bit more than tear up so i'll let you go ahead Listen, and have I your moment a, i was a <laughs> blubbering idiot at this last part here um and i i didn't even write these notes until the third watch through um, because I just I just wanted to enjoy it but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through what I said in my notes and then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna break it break it down um, okay so oh my god whatever will they do against these dark troopers they're so intimidating so scary so fucked so then as they're pounding on the doors, right? Like you said, they look at the X-wing, and exactly, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Is There's is that an no X-wing?" Way. And, then I, and then immediately, I'm like, "Ezra doesn't fly an X-wing, so it couldn't be Ezra. There's no way it's him unless he stole an X-wing." But then, uh, there's no way. Then I was like, "Ahsoka doesn't fly an X-wing either, so I don't think it could be Ahsoka. Who, like, who, who could it really be?" And then, and then you see the cloak, right? Then you see the black cloak, and I'm like, "There's no way they're gonna—they're about to do this. There's no way they're about to do this right now." Green and then you see the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Then you see the gloved hand. You don't even see the lightsaber at first. You see the gloved hand, and you're like, "This is—they're—they're they're really fucking doing this right now. They're really <laughs> gonna fucking do this." And then his lightsaber ignites, and you see the green on it, and you're yep. like. Oh my god, they are really... And you're like, okay, maybe that could be someone else. Maybe Ezra got his hand cut off. Something like that. No, no, because then they show the hilt. And you see that that's Luke Skywalker's actual green lightsaber that he had in Return of the Jedi. Oh, this is a fine lightsaber you have created. Like, all these things are coming into my head right now, watching this this episode. And, and, then, and then it gets to the point where... Where you're like, oh my god, he's here for Grogu. Like he's he's here for Grogu. Like he's he's actually here to save the the freaking day. Like we talked about this. We called this. Someone is going to be there to save the day. We thought it was going to maybe be Ahsoka. Possibly. We talked about the rumor of it maybe being Luke Skywalker and kind of brushed it off. But here we fucking are. It's Luke Skywalker <laughs> coming in here. Never shows his face. Which, which to me, at first, I'm like, how are they going to do this? What's happening? Is this going to be Sebastian Stan? Because, mm-hmm. holy cow, that would be really cool. Yep. Get into that in a minute. Um, Grogu immediately goes to the screen. And this scene, to me, is when I really, really started losing it. Because Grogu goes, and he's like, he touches the screen as he's watching Luke just 
<laughs> just destroy these dark troopers like with no regard for droid life at all he's just walking through them and and he's like you can just kind of hear his thoughts where he's like this one's good this is a good one like he's here mm-hmm. to help me like but what am I going to do? Like, you can kind of also, he turns and looks at Mando, and you can see the, like, fear in his face, where he's like, but I really like my dad here. What am I going to do? And so then shoot back to Luke Skywalker, right? I'm already emotional right now, because I'm thinking, oh, my God, Grogu is, is he's going to lose his dad right now. His dad's going to lose Grogu. What's going to happen there? No, fuck that. We're going back to Luke, right? And, <laughs> like, father-like son, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker tears through, a hallway of enemies. Let's just let's just go back to Rogue One for a second. The most badass mm-hmm. Darth Vader scene that you've ever seen in your life, right? Can't no one can deny this. Hands down. Um, he's when he's just just going through those rebels like again with no regard for human life, like, just but, uh, throwing them up in the air, choking them like. And Luke Skywalker does the exact same thing. He's throwing mm-hmm. these dark troopers around. He like. What he does with that He's last pulling him into the lightsaber and stuff. Yeah, and like just cutting him up, and then like crushes that last one. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, did you see what I just did to your friends? Okay, well, and just just destroys him, right? We have now <laughs> seen Luke Skywalker be the badass that we wanted to see. This is this is everything that I wanted in Episode Six. This is everything that. I expected to see, or sorry, not episode six, episode eight in Last Jedi. Everything mm-hmm. that I wanted from Luke Skywalker there. Yes, he was an old man. Yes, whatever. But they took that story, and they took it in a different direction. Which, okay, that's whatever. This this right here is what we as fans really desired, really, really wanted. The music, the Luke Skywalker music, faintly playing in the background. That that first mm-hmm. little tingle the guitar uh, uh, picking that you hear that's that's his yep. actual track that's then being mixed into the Mandalorian soundtrack was just like and I didn't even notice that until the third time I watched it I didn't even right. notice I didn't notice the music because I was so enthralled with everything else that was happening and <laughs> and like man and then he gets into the door you you hear you know Mando's like open the door and they're like, are you, are you insane? And he's like, open the goddamn door. <laughs> and so, so they open the door, and, and he comes in, and he, and he takes his, his little hood off. And it's just like, I mean, that's it right there. That's, that's, I start losing it. This is, this is the third time I really start, like, the tears start flowing, right? Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's Luke Skywalker. And at first, it's a little jarring. The first time I saw it, yeah. I was like, I was like, the animation's weird, but I don't care. It's the you lips. Know? Right. And I think it's always the lips. Superman, it's the, yeah, it's always the uh, lips. Princess Leia, Tarkin, all yep. of them, it's always the lips. But yep. But again, I did not care. I, I <laughs> gave no shits because there's my childhood, basically my childhood hero, mm-hmm. again, and being badass. And this this thing taking me back taking me back you know so so far and like having those feelings of of when Luke fought Vader on the second Death Star mm-hmm. and you know all, just all that stuff like I don't know he takes his hood off and you see his face and I'm like it is actually Luke oh my god 
and you know I, I didn't even I didn't even write down any of what he said to to Grogu or or Mando but but from what I remember um, <laughs> it was mainly like you know Mando is like he's here to take you Grogu this is this is the one and and Grogu looks at him and this is again where I start to to well up because mm-hmm. Grogu looks at Luke and then he looks at Mando and he's like no Grogu you need to go with him and and Luke looks at him and goes he's asking for your permission oh my god Josh don't, you don't right have now. to cry it's okay it's okay <laughs> because he said he's like waiting for your permission for, he, he's asking yeah. for your permission and it's like this bond between this character and and Mando is so strong that he can't even go to his... I am losing it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he he basically... <laughs> he can't even go because he wants to get permission from Mando. Yeah. And then and then this is... And, and again, you know, he's, he picks him up and he's like, this is where you need to go, little kid. Like, this is where you need to go, boy. Like, it's like the kid taking his dog out to the <laughs> fucking, you know, to the backyard and releasing him. You gotta go. And <laughs> yeah. And he's like, don't look at me. You gotta go. You're then, bad dog. The the scene that we have on the, the background here with with uh, Grogu reaching up to Mando's face and mm-hmm. taking off the helmet finally for Grogu to see his face was also like oh my god yeah it was just so perfect you know and yeah again just talking about it like oh my god dude it's <laughs> just, it like that whole last scene and then. And then R two D two comes in. Are you are you freaking <laughs> kidding me right now? Oh. Oh. Sh- shiny as heck too. R two comes in like the cleanest we may have ever seen him in his whole life. <laughs> what I really appreciated was that they did not have Luke, and probably as a direct like way to show like no, this is Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, not that kid from the farm. He did not right. come in, take his hood off, and say, "My name's Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you." Right. He he was just like. Sup, you ready? <laughs> yeah. I exactly. do have one quote from Luke Skywalker. Uh, his, being Grogu, his power can bring stability to the universe, which is kind of another throwback to Anakin. Anakin can bring balance to the Force. Grogu can bring stability to the universe. It's kind of the same thing. So another possible allusion to Grogu going Sith. Well, I think it's or, more of the illusion of a chosen one. Yeah. Like, I think that that's kind of the the Jedi illusion is that there's a chosen one to bring balance. Well, now we need to know where the Grogu character ends up, right? Because he goes oh to God. Luke's Jedi Academy and trains. So we need to know and where he is. And what happens to Luke's Jedi Academy later on is right. devastating. So, yeah. And, I mean, again, R2-D2 with, with him looking at Grogu. And it's it's like... When a kid gets a dog and <laughs> looks at the dog for the first time and is like, "Hi, how are you?" and Grogu's mm-hmm. like, "I'm pretty good." And then Archie's like, "I'm so excited to meet you!" Like, "Oh, Luke's been talking all about you." And it's like he's his little happy beeps and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Archie licks his face and he's like, "Oh, cut <laughs> it out!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, and then you know just that whole final scene of him taking Grogu and Grogu kind of waving goodbye and just <laughs> everything so about the final 10 minutes of this brought so much like back for me as far as Star Wars goes it, it made me just fall in love with Star Wars again um, I wrote it, down 
it did two something. notes for that whole 10 minute sequence right the first note that i wrote down was luke's glove cooler than michael jackson's glove <laughs> i'm not saying that it is i'm saying it's a possibility and then the other thing that i wrote down was as soon as he hands grogu over thus begins the longest quest complete chime in history there's like <laughs> this swelling trumpet and theme music that plays for like eight minutes after he hands the, the child over <laughs> which is just yeah. one giant quest complete and like all the experience points are popping up on his screen he's getting loot drops he's like choosing what his next quest is that hopefully just he's gonna like put some of those points into intelligence end. I really doubt it. I mean, we know him, right? He's going to leave the points in Melee Beskar class, and then he's probably, because this show has a fetish with it, he's going to like also spec into long range, and he's going to have a sniper rifle in the next season. <laughs> probably. But yeah, those um, were my only two notes from that whole 10 minutes, because even as a casual fan and sometimes detractor of Star Tr Star Wars, I was like... I'm really enjoying this. This is really, really well done. They're knocking it right out of the space park here. And again, the lips, not good on the Luke Skywalker CGI, but the no, voice was but perfect. The look was perfect in every other way. So they did a really good job. I really appreciated well, seeing him come out of the turbo lift with the countdown timer. That was that was beautiful. You know, the voice was perfect because it was Mark Hamill. Right. Um but he still sounded and young. He didn't sound like now Mark Hamill, which is like, right, like, like a bag of gravel. Right, like he had to through some, some vocal shit and, and some, yeah, maybe. some crazy editing. They just put effects on it. Editing. Yeah. But no, um, uh, I can't even – and, you know, let me get into – I want to talk about Steel Saunders a little bit because I want to give him a shout-out. Um, that dude, just like me, um, really wanted – Luke Skywalker to be the badass Luke Skywalker that that he was. His, his Steel Saunders is his favorite character is Luke. My favorite character was Luke as a kid, uh, you know. Um, and so I've always kind of had a, a connection with this guy. He's a podcaster from Australia, and I've I've listened to him a lot. And he had this this running thing for about a year leading up to Last Jedi, and it was called hashtag Ignite the Green. And um, all he wanted was to see Luke Skywalker ignite that green lightsaber. And that got into my head where I was like, yeah, dude, <laughs> I really, really want to see that. I really want to see that lightsaber in action again. I really want to see Luke in action again. And yes, we did get a little bit of like a Luke action scene. But I just remember the his reaction video to that. I, and I, I mean, I, I was just crying right now, but like he was crying like a little kid because he didn't get his way because he was like <laughs> he he didn't like the green I just can't believe it. like and it was it was like That's his awesome. first showing you know and he was just so upset about it and he made a really good point this is three years to the day oh wow of, of Last Jedi of at least him seeing it Last Jedi and that's crazy to the day of him wanting so bad for Luke Skywalker to ignite the green and he finally got it and that's like, cool you know watching that last scene like the first time obviously I was I was I was a wreck second time I was like this is awesome and I thought about Steel Saunders I was like oh my god he doesn't even know me <laughs> I don't know him he's liked a couple of my posts on Instagram which is really cool <laughs> but like I wonder how he's doing right now <laughs> 
And I, I would watch his uh, I would watch his live reaction video. And you know, if you guys out there listening get a chance, go look up Steel Saunders on Facebook and watch his reaction video because it is. It's great. It is, it, you know, for, for someone that really wanted it so much, um, this episode fulfilled a lot of dreams of not just him, but a ton of Star Wars fans. You know? Well, and that's what I was going to say, is that it sounds like he is sort of an avatar for, like, an, a lot of Star Wars fans, right? Absolutely. Because most most Star Wars fans' favorite character, probably Luke Skywalker, right? And most of the disappointed Star Wars fans from the sequel trilogy probably just wanted Luke Skywalker to be cool, right? So he probably speaks right. for a large segment of the, of the fan base. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, you know, watching his reaction today was it was it was beautiful, you know, and it was everything that like I same kind of thing. Um I don't know, man. I've been reading a lot on like Twitter and Reddit and all sorts of stuff and like this, this right here is Star Wars. Mm. This s- show, this last season, the last two seasons, this is everything that we have wanted out of Star Wars. I mean, I even I said it on Facebook. Fuck the sequel trilogy. This <laughs> is my sequel trilogy right here. These three seasons of Mandalorian. Next year, when the third season comes out, that is my trilogy. This episode even felt a little bit like the end of the pretty much the end of all of the first three original series when they were always fighting through the death star or fighting through another it was very similar to all of that it was kind of a a wrap-up right like like an epilogue esque Mm -hmm. kind of thing um where they're showing luke starting his jedi academy Mm. and they're introducing a couple other characters. I mean, Gideon didn't die. Bo-Katan got shot up, but didn't die. She was standing at the end, so she was fine. Um, I really appreciated that none of the characters that we were worried might be double agents showed up and did anything stupid in this episode. Like, he didn't, like, walk around a corner and see Grief Karga being like, surprise, Mando. Like, I was really glad that that didn't happen. Um, because I know we had been worried about that. I think really what we were worried about was that Carl Weathers would get to direct another episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carl. I can't help myself. I'm going to go ahead and say that that was probably the worst episode of the season. Um, uh, I think objectively it is, and also subjectively, based on our ratings. Uh, speaking yeah, of, well, yeah. I mean, should should I even really ask, like, <clears throat> is it just 10 out of 10 on this rating on this episode all the way around? Uh, in my notes, I have... Uh, 11 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> I did a, I, I gave it a 9.5. There were mm-hmm. uh, 10 is perfect, right? And there was a couple of things that kept this from being perfect, so I didn't do it. Um, and that, that's that's the ob- objective you. Like that that's why you're here because right. I would <laughs> always give these episodes 11 or 12s out of 10. Like this right. to me was perfect. Right. Th- I'm I'm gonna go watch it again after we're done doing this episode because I have I have it no was doubt perfect. <laughs> Ricky, I don't think Josh did, but did you come up with a shot of the show this week? Oh, uh, it had to be Mando fighting the Dark Trooper. That's what I had. That was the oh. most exciting. Like that was the most exciting part of a very exciting episode. Uh, the mm-hmm. way I took it. 
for me, I guess when I'm doing shot of the show, it's based purely on what did I think about that image in the frame and not like, you know, what's coolest or most important necessarily, I guess. Um, so for me, it was the double Mandos. Um, if you're watching on Disney Plus, that's mm. at time code five minutes and 10 seconds. When they first mm. walk into the saloon, Mando walks in first and then Boba Fett walks in next walks to him. And behind then they, him. they do a focus swap between yeah. the two helmets. And that was yeah. my that was my shot of the show personally. That's a Peyton Reed thing. He likes to do that. You watch the Ant-Mans and stuff and he really likes to do that focus in and out on characters thing. Mm. Um, I think he did that in the other episode he directed this this year too. Did you have a shot of the show, Josh, or should we talk about the little post credit sequence you know, that we I finally think, got? I think my shot of the show and my shot of the show is is literally the whole scene of like <laughs> walking through the Star Destroyer. <laughs> Dude, and, uh, you can't you you can't yeah. We've never seen Luke in that kind of action before. And again, for, for, for someone like me, that that was a character that I was raised on. Books that I, I read, you know, I read books about him and I always thought about, like, what did he do afterwards? Like, what, you know, what, what could he, what kind of force powers did he have? What, what could he do in a situation in, of peril when he's by himself? You mm. know, and, and the books always kind of filled that in for me and, like, it, they did a good job with that. And and seeing this on the screen, like just seeing him show his Jedi Master power was everything that I wanted again from the sequel trilogy. <laughs> like everything that I wanted. He's throwing barrels at troopers, he's cutting their freaking heads off. Like yeah. he there's that one point where his lightsaber stops halfway through the dark trooper and he's like <coughs> and just like pulls it out and then swipes his head off like yep and he's still cool calm collected Luke at the end you know he's like he he just destroyed a freaking what what it, what was it a battalion of dark troopers what was that at least <laughs> probably twenty five to thirty five dark troopers that. Yeah. Gave man one of them gave Mando a run for his money, and he was a chunk. So well, and yeah, it it gives the show an opportunity bad. to back off the threat level for Mando a little bit now, right? Like, you don't need stuff that could kill a Jedi to go after Mando anymore. So, hopefully, he'll be back into like a bounty hunting levels of threat in the next season, or like you said, maybe he's taken over Mandalorian or Mandalore yeah, or whatever. I, I do want to talk about the end credit scene for those of you that didn't watch the end credit scene. It's John Favreau, so let's remember to watch the end credit scenes, all right? Um, but before we get into that, I do want to kind of talk about what's what's going to happen here. Um, Luke has taken Grogu. Ahsoka's after Thrawn. Obviously, they announced that, um, that series. So it, that series is going to be a Rebels sequel series, I think. I think Ahsoka will be what wraps up Rebels. Um, I, I've been kind of talking about it in this show that Mandalorian was a bit of a rebel sequel, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and deter from that and say that the Ahsoka <laughs> show is really going to focus on Thrawn, Ezra, Sabine, and those mm. characters. This was um, the tie-in where exactly um, where this it's a tie-in and it's like the starting point of a bunch of other shows. 
Um, look at uh, Cara Dune. She's most definitely going to be in Rangers of the Republic. <laughs> mm. There's no doubt in my mind that that will be her show. That's and too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And then you got the Mandalorian who has... He's... He's going to take Bo-Katan, I think. Like I said, he's g- they're going to take over, have to go fight for Mandalore. But mm. as Boba Fett said, that planet has been turned to glass. So is this more going to be a Thor situation where Mandalore is a people and not a planet? Mm, maybe. They have a lot of disparate viewpoints, so unifying them, a la, say, I don't know, the Vulcans and the Romulans, seems like a pretty tall order, but it has been shown to be possible so maybe that is where they're going with it um and then luke and grogu i mean nobody gives a shit about the mandalorian i do jedi academy series yeah but give me a jedi academy series no no but like give me that as a series like give me luke training a bunch of young jedi and have sebastian stan play that like I'm, i'm down for that but if they don't do that, do you think there's going to be a drop-off on viewers because Grogu's gone now? Yeah. I wonder. I, here's the thing that I do worry about is are they going to replace him with something else ultra cutesy? Or is it just going to be a different genre? Like, I could I could easily see Favreau going, okay, first two seasons, space western. Second two seasons, um, space drama or space like uh, spy show with a lot of political intrigue and like you know who's helping whom with the Mandalore and all the different crime syndicates like he may just change the formula but if he doesn't then they gotta come up with something cute pretty freaking quick (laughs) yeah and like this to me seemed like a series finale did did you guys get that at all? Yes. Yeah, it did. Um, like just and and I would be okay with it in my notes. I'm like, this could be a series finale, and I am okay with it. It isn't like, though, if I'm not mistaken. Season three not, has already no, been ordered, so it's it's confirmed. It's coming next Christmas. Is what yeah. they say. So uh, again, like this, like I said, th- this could could have been a series finale, and I think they planned it that way to be like, okay, look. Star Wars is under a lot of heat right now with Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. If this fails, it's got a, a two-season um, series with a wrap-up at the end, but we have plans for more. Yeah. I could definitely so, see them building that in. Like, we'll see how this goes, and then if it goes money, then we'll give you money, and we'll make money. Right. I just... I, I really, I really kind of worry about um, what's going to happen, like... How funny because would it be the if volume? in the first episode of season three, you just see, like, Din Djarin's on a bounty. He goes and, like, captures John Leguizamo again or something and, like, <laughs> flies back to Grief Karga. <coughs> and then Luke Skywalker flies in all fucking erratically and just <coughs> screeches in and just, like, throws Grogu at Mando. And he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you need to take care of him. You know? Like if, they, if they do that, I want... Um, Grogu to immediately throw up a bunch of blue fluid and then go <laughs> what's up Mando how you been <laughs> he's like oh you talk now he's like yeah too much what do you want to do <laughs> and then 
Yeah. The second season will be like a Cheech and Chong style buddy comedy. Or the third season, rather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have to bring him back somehow, right? Maybe. I really maybe, think they maybe have that to. Species, maybe that species goes from Grogu size to Yoda size in the span of like six months, right? So like he goes and gets a bunch of training and comes back and he's full grown and he's like, oh, up, what is? <laughs> maybe that's just a Yoda thing. Yeah, I don't really know. But, um, I mean, we wouldn't fall off as viewers if Grogu went away, but think of all the kids. Think of all the correct. women, you know, not to be too sexist, I'll but I think... Single them out, well, but that is very I've, true. That yeah. Most, like, most of the women that I know that, like, I'll, I'll see on Facebook that I'm like, you never liked Star Wars before. And they're anyone like, I who's, can't wait for the Mandalorian. I've got a 50-year-old coworker that loves Baby Yoda. Right. Yeah, Any well, casual fan that, that isn't here for the Star Wars of the thing is mm-hmm. probably going to fall off. Um, but, uh, like, whatever, right? D- I'm sure I'm sure Disney is like, at this point, the people that are going to watch this show are going to force people in their house to watch this show. So, like, right. it's going to be on the screen no matter what. So they'll probably, they'll put in something to either take the place of Grogu or they'll you know, figure out some other dynamic to make it work. But like, like we were mentioning earlier, this show has a lot of strong female characters and the show is just really well done. So like, I would think that there are probably women that, or children that started watching for Grogu and are just watching it cause it's good now. So it probably, right. they're not going to be like, Oh, well, if Grogu is not here, I'm not going to watch it. They're, they're probably invested enough at this point to be like, I just like the Mandalorian show. So wherever it goes, I'm willing to follow. And that's yeah, probably and what Disney is counting on. And there is the mystery of, is he going to go get Grogu back? Do you think, well, he, w- and do so you think he would be so, like... Well, he did, say I pro- he did say, I promise to see you again. But here's the other thing. If we need, like, super basic reasons for women to watch this, and again, I don't think we do, but if we do, Pedro Pascal is now apparently willing to take his helmet off, and that should be enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> You are correct, sir. Um, I mean, may, what did Ahsoka say about Grogu? Didn't she say he had too much fear and she yeah. couldn't train him or something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, but I that's like a—that's just like what you think if you're a wuss because Luke's family, if they've shown anything, is like, we don't follow rules. We don't read safety that's restrictions. True. We that's don't true. read the the how-to labels on anything. We just train it as a Jedi and hope everything is fine. Well, I wonder if this... I wonder if Grogu's going to be kind of the catalyst for him to go out and really dive into old Jedi lore. You know, like, is, is Grogu going to be the one to make him realize that being a gray Jedi isn't a bad idea? That you can pull from both oh, light I and the see dark that. as long as your intentions are pure. And then he's like, Grogu, I'm not going to train you. And Grogu's like, okay, then just drop me off on a buffet planet. <laughs> I'm going to open a business. We're going to sell yeah. frog legs. We're going to sell blue milk. And we're going to sell space macaroons. And that's it. Yep. Come on down to Grogu's. Feed your face. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. Come on down to Grogu's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to make a commercial now. <laughs> oh my god. Are you tired of eating baby frogs that haven't been kept fresh in a tank? <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Grogu's. We got all the freshest frogs you need. 
Come on down um, to the ice cave. <laughs> well, I was thinking like before with the Ahsoka show, I, I remember talking about how maybe they'll pass Grogu off to Ahsoka so people will watch that show. And it seems like they went in the opposite direction here. Where they're yeah, like Yeah, they just they passed him into oblivion. Like. Right. They they just gave him off into because they haven't announced anything for Luke yet. That's the other thing is they could still announce something. And with the end of this episode, which let's let's get into that because because that's another thing that that this mm. could actually be that this season three of Mandalorian could actually be. Um, end Post-credit credits sequence. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Um, I love the pan in. You see the two sons, and then you see Jabba's palace. And you're like, oh shit, Boba Fett is coming to wreck. And and he does. And there is a reckoning, if you will, um, of Fat Bib Fortuna, which <laughs> I found very funny. I called He's him like, Bib Fatuna. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Yeah, I, lo- I loved how he's just like, I'm just going to be Jabba. I'm, just, I'm Jabba now. Yeah, he has a real complex. He's like, right. I'm, I'll just become Jabba. I'll get really fat. I'm going to start <laughs> like letting my food fall out of my face when I talk. I'm going to get a hot slave girl and chain her to the floor. Like, I'm just, same playbook. I know it didn't really work out for him, but same playbook. Don't care. Yep. And, he- and here comes Boba Fett to wreck the day. Well, here and comes he Finnick, actually. Oh, yeah, that's To pick right. everybody Fennec off does. one by one. <laughs> that's right. That's right, which I love this team up. I really like this duo here where Fennec comes in, wipes out the room, and Boba Fett comes down the stairs, and Bib Fortuna's like, oh, Dewanawanga. Oh, and he's just like, I can't believe you're still alive. And Boba Fett's like, yeah, about that. And just shoots him doesn't get mm-hmm. nothing he's just pure badass boba fett that we've always wanted again again and this then is he a star wars fans wet dream sorry and then he <laughs> knocks bib fatuna off of the seat and he sits <laughs> down and he goes from being boba fett to being boba the fett yes and that yes. is the start of his series <laughs> yeah and uh and i thought this was I mean, this had to have been timed in a way because they just announced, what, 13 new series between Marvel Mm. and Star Wars last week? Actually, you know what? Really quickly, before we forget to do this, and I know that you're overwhelmingly just consumed by positive emotion, but we should probably take a moment to mention that passing of the original Boba Fett actor that happened yesterday. And that is just, I mean, that's devastating, but... I think we can be glad that that guy got to finally see that character done some justice, right? He oh, he was yeah. here just long enough to see the character that he brought to life for the first time on screen do something other than fall into a hole. So Maybe that was that's really cool. That he kind of wanted, you know, like it's it, I don't know. I think for me, there's some things that I need to see before I die, you know, and. <laughs> there are a couple of things that are very far-fetched, and I feel like Boba Fett being back on the big screen after Return of the Jedi was pretty far-fetched for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, yes, you had books. Yes, you had all that stuff, but to see him but in to actually like get this, it, yeah, yeah. Um, God, what was his name too? 
It's one of those things that, like, I'm not, I'm not super close to the Star Wars universe, but there are some parts of it that, you know, that I have emotional connection to. One of them, obviously, was Carrie Fisher. That, that really hit me. I think that hit everybody that's, you know, that's ever seen a movie. I think that hit everybody, but, um... I do understand the feeling of when, you know, an original actor from a beloved role is gone. Um, so that's, it sucks that Star Wars fans would have to deal with that, especially this week when you're getting, you know, this, this crown jewel of achievement in the universe and in that character's life. Jeremy Bullock, what's his name? Uh, 75. So, and, you know, he, I, I do kind of feel like he was a little screwed. <laughs> but that's that's for that's a story for another time. So I am extremely happy that he was able to bring this character to the screen and I thank him and hope that you know he rests in boba peace. Yeah, and 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 uh you know thoughts and condolences to Mr. Bullock's family. That's that's awful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so the Book of Fett. What is the Book of Fett, Josh? I, uh, I'm just as can. I <laughs> <laughs> Did it say that? I didn't see anything that said the Book of Fett. Was that like a, yep. a title at the end of that screen? Mm-hmm. There's uh, it says yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Book of Boba Fett coming Christmas 2021. Okay, I must have just been writing notes when that happened. So, um, so that's just the name of his show, right? I guess. What did you think, Ricky, when you saw that? I uh, thought it might be a book. Wouldn't that be disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's kind of what I thought too. I, like, at first, I was like, "Oh wait, another novel." <clears throat> but then I was like, "Wait." I actually missed the end sequence, like after the credit sequence, the first time. I caught it the second mm. time. Uh, of all of the Star Wars shows that have been announced for this week, that one does sound interesting. You know, if it's the right, book of yeah. Boba Fett, are we going to learn how he became the most hardcore bounty hunter ever? Like, is it his rules and what he lives by? Or is it a book? I think or it's is a it, book. Or is it going forward, right? Like, is it the next chapter, so to speak, for Boba? I think it's a hit book. I think the book will actually be a, a book of names. Sebarist and Selmy, the Hound, the Mountain, Cersei <laughs> Lannister, <laughs> Jamie Lannister. God damn it. <laughs> Bib Fatuna. Steve Buscemi. Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but then again, it could it could be something completely different it could be you're you're right starting a new chapter of boba fett where he's actually running this underground um what what would you call that uh underground bounty hunting service what did what Um, did jabba the hutt do he he did uh (coughs) he was a gangster gangster there it is smuggler yeah he was like an underground smuggling. He ran like a smuggling ring. So maybe he, he was more of like an an underworld boss, I think. Like he was just in charge of all manner of unsavory activities that are s- probably illegal. But I can I just say I hope that he has them rename that planet to Fetuine cuz <laughs> that's be so much better. They could use rebranding help with their publicity. <laughs> Fetuine. 
Man, well, I mean, he does kind of own that planet. It seems like so it. So he's uh, that is he's he was born to rule Fatooine. <laughs> um, I am very stoked for that, and and maybe maybe the book of Fett is gonna be season three of the Mandalorian. You know, maybe it's about yeah. the adventures of Boba Fett, and he's like hiring Mando. I got a quest for you, Bendo. He's like, isn't yeah. that, is that allowed? Can we, are we able to quest each other? I we quest each other. <laughs> I thought somebody else had to quest us separately. I think the well, armorer. No, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Didn't she quested? Um, I I was joking, but you guys are both like, actually, we know how questing works. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't. I I'm very excited to see what they do and it, this this is why this episode is so good because i am excited for star wars mm. again yeah after after rise of skywalker i saw mandalorian get announced and i was like great how are they gonna fuck this one up you know they've already like, shown they can't do star wars anymore so so i was but now i'm, I'm just so so give filoni and give favreau the freaking franchise like you just you have keys. to you have to give them the keys um i do uh, yes this this episode has brought me back into star wars in in a way that that no other content has in a long time no video yeah. game no book no movie i love the force awakens i i still like Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. They're still really fun, enjoyable movies. Of course, I didn't like the direction that some of them took. But this has made all of that so much better. This has made all of that worth it. This has made everything about it. Because even though even though that story, the sequel trilogy story, wasn't my favorite, I'm still like, oh my god, that's Snoke in the tank. Oh my god, right. they're using Baby Yoda to, take, to make Snoke. He keeps saying order, like they're gonna raise the first order, like yeah. This is awesome, and it's still, you know, I'm, I'm still in it, and, and I'm in it. I'm in it to win it, bro. I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, just to be that excited again is something that I am extremely grateful for as a Star Wars fan. Same, same thing with, from with you and Star Trek, I feel like, you're having Discovery yeah. and, and Lower Decks. Like, I know that you're excited, again, to be a Star Trek fan because you're getting good content. Yeah, and it's it's especially after a drought, like you were saying. I mean, this is easily the best Star Wars to come out since Rogue One. I mean, it's yeah, it's just the the best execution of the idea that we've seen in a really long time. And if you stay tuned to Twist My Arm podcast um, next year, we will have twenty one separate podcasts where Josh talks about different Star Wars shows. So make sure to tune in for each and every one of those. Josh will be podcasting twenty one hours a day. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. Yeah, this is turning into the Star Wars arm podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but again, I'm giving it an 11 or 12 out of 10. Jesse, you said 9.5. Ricky, I don't think we've got your rating. No, I'm going to have to go 9.5. I, Mm -hmm. you know, a 10 is a hard score to give. Mm -hmm. Very rare. So 9.5, pretty good. You know, and and this again, this is, this is Star Wars. This is my thing. This is what I love. And anything that brings back Luke Skywalker and the green lightsaber, and 
the Grogu and the the father son thing between them and everything about this, I loved it. I loved all of it, and I'm I'm just so excited, <laughs> so excited again. I want to go get toys. I want to go get the the action figures, the collectibles. I want I want to find all of it now. I'm I'm back in the game as a Star Wars. Don't fan. let Disney I, win. <laughs> oh, they've won. It's so far beyond that. I'll let Disney win as long as they keep letting Favreau and Filoni make these shows. That makes sense. And that's that's all I can say because those guys are those guys are made for this, man. And and I, I was gonna give this big old speech about about how much I love them and stuff, but I think me crying on camera kind of <laughs> did that. <laughs> that's, that's probably um, good enough. Yeah. I I still like from the bottom of my Star Wars heart, I thank Dave Filoni and I thank John Favreau so much for doing what they have done with this series, with Star Wars, with the universe, with the characters, with with everything. They have taken so much care. They've taken consideration of of the fans. They've they've taken everything and made this amazing show that not only Star Wars fans like myself, Star Wars fanatics, not just fan, but fanatics, man. Like I had hundreds of collectibles and stuff. I've, I've loved Star Wars since I was a kid. And for them to do what they did with this show, I am just, I can't thank them enough, you know? I mean, it's, and I want them to continue to do it. And, and I really, really hope that Disney and the powers that be and, and Kathleen Kennedy and all that stuff, I really hope that they, they see what an incredible job the, the, the Fabro and Filoni team has done. Um, and, and I would even I would even argue that even just Filoni, just, just if Favreau wants to leave, that's fine, but Filoni is in it for life. <laughs> and, and as long as they continue to let him make these shows, now that he's crossed over into the live-action market... Mm-hmm. He, and he's done a great job with it. He's directed the episodes. I think that's kind of what they're grooming him for right now. I think that, you know, like bringing in John Favreau to, to show him the intricacies of writing a live action story and doing it that way, I, I think that that will help him in the future moving on. Filoni is the new Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what anybody says, Filoni will always be George Lucas Jr. Um, he knows everything about Star Wars. Everything that is you go listen to any interview with Filoni. You listen to the interview about him breaking down the prequels and it'll make you love the prequels. I, I <laughs> don't even care what you say that his explanation of why that series is, is the way it is will make you love it and want to watch it again. I watched Attack of the Clones the other day. What? But it's um, again, it's it's just this this whole series has gotten me so pumped for Star Wars again that that I'm going back and watching stuff and I'm and I'm like picking up my action figures in the case again and making them look nice because I want it to look good <laughs> and and I and I love looking at it again, you know. Um, the people making again, it finally respect it again, so it makes yes, it easier for yes. you to respect it. Yes, and and I. I I could go on for for hours. I, I could, you know, but we should probably for so long. Not do but that. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> cut it short. And again, this has been the the best season of anything 
in a long time for me personally. And I'm so excited to see what they do with Star Wars in the future. Um, I would like to, uh, maybe it just might be me personally coming back next week. They are dropping a documentary about the making of Mandalorian Season 2. And I would like to come back and talk about that next week a little bit. Give some more predictions after after the week has calmed down after I have watched this season. Because I'm going to watch it with Kylie. I'm going to watch it full all the way through. Um, I'd like to have some predictions and stuff. If you guys want to come back for that, great. Um, if not, I will be here <laughs> for that so episode next week <coughs> at some point. That's actually a pretty good segue because now that the season is over, there's you know there's probably some of you going well what what's going to happen to Mando Friday? So, like Josh said, he might be here next week for one more Mando Friday this season, where you go through the Star Wars Gallery documentary that's coming to Disney Plus. But after that, what are we going to do? Well, here's what we're going to do: all of these shows the Mando Friday shows that you have been here with us for live and part of the show with us. These are going to get repackaged as audio podcasts and they're going to have their own show title, their own page, everything like that, that you can subscribe to and listen back through as you watch back through season two with us. And our rewatch of Mandalorian season two is proudly called Quest Me because that's basically what Mando goes through the whole season saying. So keep your eyes out for Quest Me. That will be getting its own feed. You'll see it. It's going to be everywhere for us social, twistmyarmpodcast.com. And that's how you can relive season two of The Mandalorian with us. Now, that having been said, since there is no more new Mandalorian to watch on Fridays, we're going to have to figure something else out. And... We actually already have. It is the sudden but inevitable rewatch podcast of Firefly. We've talked about it a couple times. It's official now. Josh has never seen Firefly. Kylie has never seen Firefly. Ricky and I have been through it a few times each. So we are going to take over hosting duties for that show. And we're going to walk Josh and Kylie gracefully through Serenity Valley. That is going to be starting Friday, January 15th, 2021. That's about three weeks, four weeks from now. We are going to be taking a break on Fridays, except maybe Josh for that documentary. We're going to be taking a break from the live Fridays until January 15th. So starting that night, if you want, you can watch Firefly with us. You can go week by week like we're going to do. You can bring somebody who's never seen it before to watch with you. Maybe you just want to watch it again. Definitely please come check out the sudden but inevitable rewatch the Firefly podcast from Twist My Arm. That starts January 15th, 2021. And yep. I just uh, want to say one more thing. Uh, if you do want to watch definitely. Firefly with us, it is streaming on Hulu. Yes. Ooh. If you're in the United States, yeah. <clears throat> if you're in the United States, streaming on Hulu. Yes, thank you. Heck yeah. And um, it appears to be in the correct order. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll, we'll that, get back so. to you. We'll get back to you on that. But yeah, <laughs> so, um, you know, keep your eyes out for Quest Me and keep your eyes out for the sudden but inevitable rewatch. And my last thing, um, go check out seasons two, uh, episode two of Seasons Within. We just put that out last week. It's doing really great. And we would really appreciate it if you guys would give that a listen. A lot of love and effort goes into that show. So please check that out. Other than that, Josh, I think for me, that's that's pretty much it for the evening. 
yeah, this is, I, I mean, we, we wrapped it up pretty well. Um, this was a great wrap-up for The Mandalorian. Um, I can't even, can't <laughs> even, I just Josh, can't even, you know. Josh cannot even. But for those of you that still can, go ahead, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at twistmyarmpodcast. Send us an email at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com or you know what just make it easy on yourself and go to twistmyarmpodcast.com you'll find everything there all the movement shows all the Mandalorian Fridays you'll find Quest Meet that's where you'll be able to find the sudden but inevitable rewatch you can find seasons within there you can find Twist My Arm there there's a lot of stuff at twistmyarmpodcast.com so definitely definitely go check that out what website was that? Um, that's twistmyarmpodcast.com thank you yeah, yeah. Um, and there is a ton of stuff coming down the pipeline, guys. Um, yeah, be this ready. This is our last episode, basically, for for the year. Um, we will be back, like Jesse said, for, for Firefly and stuff like that. Um, we have a WandaVision show in the works as well. Um, and then we have just a ton of TMA content coming at the first of the year. So... I'm very excited to share this new chapter of the Twist My Arm Network with everybody, and I am excited for everyone to be involved. Um, I want to thank Jesse and Ricky so much for joining me on this journey of Mandalorian Season 2, and I hope that you guys come back for Season 3. Man, this was a lot of fun for me, Josh, I, which kind of surprises me. Um, I know that this was not originally the plan for Mandalorian Fridays. You thought you might have no. some more Star Wars fans hanging out with you, and you were kind of like, hey, nobody's there. Where are you? So it just sort of started like that, and I'm gonna, honestly, I'm really glad that it did because this has been a really fun season. I never thought I would like Star Wars show this much. It, it's been really, really fun, and I'm you know, happy to nitpick and compare it to Trek as much as I can. Um, and all I'll say is you better be ready because I am going to bust the heck out of your chops during the Firefly <laughs> show. <laughs> That's totally fine. I can't wait. And Ricky, again, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm super stoked to have you on board with the crew. It, you kind of just, you know, you were like, hey, I'll do that. And now you're kind of a staple. So thank you again for joining us and being a part of this crew. Thanks for having me. It's something to look forward to every week. And I enjoy being here. Um, well, again, this has been the season finale of Mando Fridays. Thank you all so much for watching, um, for being here with us, for listening to us argue with each other and, and all that, all that good stuff we did this season. It was, it was a wonderful time and it was great to have all of you along for the ride. Um, I think Jesse wrapped it all up. Twistmyarmpodcast.com. My name is Josh. My name is Jesse. And this is Ricky. And we are the Movement Podcast. We will talk at you next year. 